You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. We have some friends with us today here in the live Cardinal Sports Center studio. Father's Day just around the corner. If you want to get your Father's Day geared up, go to Cardinals, mycardinalsports.com, or in person right outside the loop on Slide Road here in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, let's get right down to business as part of the Republic of Football content feed. The Ramblin' Rush, Ryan, Ryan and Rush show. Sorry, I butchered that. And uh, also Ethan Bach, all the highlightest of highlightingest West Virginia experts on the show today to uh, take us to the expert and opinion of West Virginia football. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. How are you? You know, we're hanging in there. There you go. That's all you can do. So, summertime, just after Memorial Day, waiting for that the football season. Right, Memorial Day hits. It's like, yeah, you know what? It's time for football. It was finally hot today in Lubbock. It was 94 degrees. It's been rainy, unseasonably. And so it really felt like summer today and uh, had me excited for football season. Love it. I think, I think, what are we, 77, 78 days out from week zero? So, yeah, can't get here soon enough. Uh, we can only talk so many previews. I'm ready to talk some games. <laughs> June June's like the dead month of the entire sports calendar year. August can't get here quick enough. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you got something over there? I just I think your intro was really good, Rob. The whole <laughs> all of it is so good. <laughs> oh man, I try. Sometimes I uh stumble out the blocks, but we can get it. All right, we got five people on the stream tonight. We'll try to figure it out, uh go back and forth and and get some West Virginia previews in. Uh, first of all, are we all trusting the climb today? <laughs> of course. We need to give a shout out to our man, Irrational. We were just talk- Irrational. We were just talking about him. He- he's trusting the climb. <laughs> you're, you're, you're five, you, you, the fifth rung of the ladder that, that's still kind of staying on the same level. We keep climbing, but we still are on that same level. So <laughs> got to put your faith in something, right? Yeah, no, you, you're right out the gate with that question. Uh, it's year number five. He's, I mean, Neil's 22 and 25. I think it's safe to say this is a big year for Neil Brown, West Virginia football. I think, I think that's an understatement. So, yeah, big year in Morgantown ahead. That's you know what Rob calls Neil Brown? What's what? that? Hold on. Neil Brown, like K-N-E-E-L Brown. <laughs> No, hold on. We have some history with Neil Brown. He was here. Yeah, he was a lovely guy. You know, know he he was a coordinator for Seth Dagey? Yeah. Yeah, did y'all know that Seth Dagey went to Texas Tech and he had a brother? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't get offered by Texas Tech. Uh, All right. How do we want to get into this, Kyle? Do we want to get right into the season? Do we want to get into Morgantown first? What do you want to do? Um. Well, let's first, why don't you all kind of introduce yourselves? Because sure. I'm sure some of our Twitter followers are familiar with you all, but maybe some of our listeners aren't. So um, kind of introduce what you do covering West Virginia sports, and then we'll get into the conversation. 
Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll lead off. I'm Rush Bishop of, of the Ryan and Rush show. I'll, I'll let Ryan introduce himself, but we started our West Virginia-based sh- show back in no- early November of, of this past year, 2022. Ryan's the, like I said, I'll let him introduce yourself, but this is kind of how it all comes together. Uh, former video coordinator. Um, so we started right in time for basketball season, covering the team there. Uh, but we're really excited to cover our first football season. Uh, Ryan and I grew up together in Northern Virginia, but we both say we're converted West Virginians. I'm actually located in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, went went here for undergrad, um, and then and moved back here when the pandemic was here because you know it's it's Morgantown, wild and wonderful, almost heaven. So it's it's great to live out here in West Virginia, and definitely excited for to walk across over uh, to to the stadium here come football time and. And uh, tail at least the tailgating, we'll we'll have that going. I trust the climb when it comes to tailgating in that parking lot. Ten out of ten national champions every year. We got the hospital behind us. Quick liver pump. Go back into the for the second half, and you're you're good to go. So that climb, I'm absolutely or crawl, I should say. I'm trusting. Yeah, um, Ryan McIntyre. People call me Moneyline Mac now that I am out of the coaching industry. I was Hugs. Bob Huggins is a video coordinator for three years, started as a manager for Hugs, and went over to South Carolina uh, for Frank. We went to the Final Four and ultimately ended up back in Morgantown. So I've spent a decade of my life in West Virginia, like Russ said. Grew up in Northern Virginia, but a converted West Virginian. Uh, Consider Morgantown home. A lot of great memories, a lot of good people. Decided uh, I was ready for something different, something uh, not not as chaotic, a.k.a. I got tired of NIL, the NIL and uh, the transfer portal, so I was ready to get out of college athletics, uh, what was it, last June. And I'm on this side, content side of things, uh, with the Ryan and Russ show, the college experience, and we, we got a show coming up here mm-hmm. in the next month that uh, I, I'm, a lot of people are going to be excited about that are Big 12 fans, so... Stay tuned on that. But, uh, yeah, no, excited to uh, talk, get with the gambling gotchas because I love West Texas. I, I That's my favorite place in the Big 12 other than Morgantown. So always excited to talk Texas Tech Red Raiders. Love it. Yeah, Ethan Bach. Uh, I cover uh, mostly the West Virginia basketball team for West Virginia Sports Now. Uh, I also cover the transfer portal for the Portal Report. Shout out transfer portal, Ryan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can have it all. <laughs> uh, I am also a converted West Virginian, I'd say. Um, originally from Cincinnati, it's where I am right now. Um, this city, I can speak for UC. They're excited to transfer over to the Big 12, um, as well, I assume, Houston, UCF, and BYU. So, And I'm excited for that 14-team Big 12. It's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know if I can trust to climb year five like irrational, but um, I don't know. Like. It, they're gonna they're gonna be a, they're gonna be an exciting team I think regardless win or lose. Ethan, do you think uh, Dan Dakich is trusting the climb? <laughs> that's the last person that's trusting the climb. <laughs> He's not even trusting Bob Huggins coaching. So <laughs> that was one of the funniest days on Twitter because like I know that obviously y'all's fan base is probably familiar with him, but that tweet he was like little Ethan blah blah blah. I was like who is this guy? And I did like two seconds of research and I was like, okay, this is, this makes like a little bit of sense, but apparently he was beefing pretty hard with you and like was waiting for your downfall on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just, I just let him talk. I just let him talk. He's not, he's, he's not going to, he's not going to stop talking. So I just let him talk and I, I just don't respond. Yeah. No point. That's hilarious. Well, 
let's talk some football. We we referenced the climb and Neil Brown. Um, honestly, I thought he was going to be canned last year. Maybe the you know even though y'all didn't get to bowl eligibility, maybe the wins down the stretch against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State kind of held him over one more year. Um, well, I thought there was there were some good you know candidates out there if West Virginia did want to make a move, but they stuck with him another year. I know you'll have a new offensive coordinator. Um, let's see. I know y'all lost JT Daniels, uh, lost your top receiver. So I guess let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, what do you have coming back? Tell us about the new offensive coordinator, maybe kind of the playing style fans can expect from West Virginia this season. So can I actually, before you get into the offense, take it one step back because you threw a lot in the beginning with you thinking kind of Neil Brown and, and should have, you know, probably been fired last year and you're absolutely right. But there's a big thing that needs to be noted here is that we also have a new athletic director, Ren Baker from North Texas. And I think what keeping with Ren Baker coming, what that does is in, in keeping Neil Brown that buys him time, right. To kind of find that right candidate for, um, you know, what could be eventually the head coach. I mean, you know, we'll go down the schedule. Uh, Neil technically, of course, has two more years left. I could see two things in terms of him, you know, happening is I could see number one, it be kind of like a Wisconsin situation last year with Chris, where it's like you kind of get to, well, and we'll get to it. The pit, the pit game's going to be everything this year. And that's when you're going to start to be like, okay, we can keep seeing where this goes, or we're going to just talk buyout because that's where it goes from there. And we can talk new coaches. And I know you asked about the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, I, I know we'll get to Garrett Green. But I, I think more specifically why Neil Brown is still here. One, I don't think anyone wanted to pay him. But two, is it buys a lot, time, a lot of time for this new athletic department to kind of get the feel for everything, figure out the foundation, and, and, and go from there. It actually, I think in the grand scheme of things, is going to be a good thing for West Virginia. Now, Turning to this year in the offense, I mean, I mean that's the question, Ryan. Right? It, it's it's mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's an interesting dynamic with, with the offense this year. Chad Scott, it sounds like is going to be calling the plays, but I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Brown didn't end up calling the plays. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on Neil to bring in a new style, a new voice, and they brought in Graham Harrell, a Texas Tech guy. Last year, and it didn't work uh, with JT Daniels. Their offense didn't take a step. It, I, I keep saying this under Neil Brown. They have struggled to have an identity. And the, their best year was the COVID year, and he, they were really good defensively, and they were, they, they didn't make mistakes offensively to kill themselves. Basically, it was more of a game managing style of play. But then other years, their offensive struggle. Last year, offensively they were okay, but they took a step back defensively. So they've, they've never been able to marry one another where they've been really good offensively and defensively at the same time in result while you're 22 and 25 after four years. I mean, we're, we're entering year five. What's This is like his back is against the wall. I mean, they're going to have to at least, I would say, win seven games to save his job for another year at least. Um, it's almost like it's almost a good thing in a way for Neil because it's kind of like back against the wall, try different things, experiment, see what works. Um, obviously, it seems like Ren Baker's going to give him a year, see what happens. And I, I, I like this offense. Like, we'll get we'll, we'll get into it in a minute. But I, I just like I like the run dominant offense that they can mm -hmm. do. The run dominant 
coach like Chad Scott at coordinator. Yep. It they can't they can't they can't fail this. They can't screw up here, but we'll see. Yeah, I I totally agree in terms of like what the offensive philosophy and identity should be. Ryan, you alluded to that. And that sounds like one of the like ultimate sports cliches, but it's true. Like there's no good team in any sport that doesn't have some kind of an identity. Mm-hmm. And like, if you ask me what West Virginia's is, I, I wouldn't know. And like, I, I watched a fair amount of West Virginia last season, but, you know, turning the page from JT Daniels, from Graham Harrell, looking at some of your returning production, CJ Donaldson as a freshman was outstanding until the injury. Uh, he was averaging North of six yards per carry. Garrett Green, I, I think he'll be the starting quarterback. Um, not a huge sample size, but he's gotten some action over the last couple seasons. He's averaging north of six yards per carry. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, whoever's calling plays, if they're not running the ball 40 times a game, in my opinion, something has gone wrong. Like, you don't want your quarterback toting the rock 20-plus times a game, but if Green has 15, Donaldson has 20, 25, and then you supplement that with other guys, I think that's probably the strategy. But y- y'all tell me if you if you think otherwise. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. So Ryan and I did an episode, when was this, Ryan? A couple weeks ago, um, about kind of, we did a whole football updates episode. Um, and if you all check it out, uh, Ryan and Rush Show on YouTube, is they they have, is Ryan brought up the 2020 season. And yes, that, that's kind of an outlier in the sense with it being the pandemic. But what, but because of the situation of it being a pandemic, right? That has to strip you back to the basics and foundation. And what is that? running the ball and game managing. And that's what you have to do, especially with Garrett Green, who should be the starter because we can get into Nico in a little bit. While Nico definitely has a higher ceiling and more of that pro style quarterback and is supposed to be that, you know, next guy at West Virginia, he'll, he'll have a chance to do that if he decides to stay here, of course, but Garrett Green, I mean, I was at the Oklahoma game last year. I mean, the guy, you know, when it starts raining or it's gross or that fall weather comes, I mean, you, you want that type of quarterback that, that has that dual threat ability. And, you know, we have a great running backs and it's, it's time to more get to that style of football where the other team thinks, Hey, we're, we're in this, we're going to beat West Virginia. We're going to beat West Virginia. And then they look up at the scoreboard and they're like, how did we lose that game? Well, it's because every play, you know, you took almost a play clock all the way down. You were smart in how you managed your timeouts. You, 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 you ran the ball, you, you know, a little more gutsy, of course, we saw it in the pit game last year, but just, just trusting your backs because they're there. And, and everyone here is absolutely right. Is you have to get back to fundamental. You have, you, you have to do that. That is the only way they succeed. And the only way Neil Brown keeps his job this year is, is getting back to basics. And I mean, that, that alone should get you five wins right there. You know, we'll talk about the other wins and you know what you have to do there, but you're absolutely right. Kyle is it's, just goes back to fundamental smash mouth football. Does NASCAR Neil have it in him to slow play and grind? See, that that's what I question. And that's why I, honestly I hope Scott calls the plays because Neil has a tendency to get pass happy. And I, I think nobody ever wants to talk about your returning offensive line production because there's no stats for offensive line. It's not sexy, but it's important and imperative. They return all five of their offensive linemen from the end of the season where, like you said, they when Garrett Green got the start, they went 2-1 and one down the stretch. They beat Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma State, and they I mean, they weren't going to beat K-State with the way they were playing at the end of the year. Uh, but they were able to run the ball just down people's throats. Uh, Green went for over 100 yards. Anderson 
And uh, you mentioned it, Donaldson. They got a bunch of talented backs. It's going to be interesting to see how they get all these running backs involved because there's only one football, and they got three, four talented running backs. Tony Mathis actually transferred because the running back room is so crowded. But Jalen Anderson, Justin Johnson saw time when Donaldson went out. It they don't have a choice. Like I know that they they want to be pass happy at times. It and and we keep talking about you got to play complimentary football. You gotta you gotta compliment your defense by not turning the ball over. That has to be West Virginia's identity. They need to watch with K, watch how Kansas State plays for them to have a chance to be successful and go bowling. In my opinion, I mean Neil's got to play his best guys. Um, I don't I don't see the argument in starting Nico unless he's actually better than Garrett Green. I don't see the argument in, in playing mm-hmm. here. Um, I understand he's a four-star recruit. He's entering his second year. He's got a lot of potential. I get that. But for what the position Neil's in right now, he's got to play Garrett Green. He's got to play guys who are ready. I really like the running back tandem they got uh, with Donaldson, Justin Johnson, Jalen Anderson. I really like that. And then mm-hmm. complimenting, complimenting that with Garrett Green, like they, they should rarely pass the ball. They also lost Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James. Like, he lost your top two receivers. Uh, and to be honest, they really didn't gain much from the portal that could actually really replace that. Devin Carter from NC State, I like what I like his game. But after that, I they should be running the ball all the time. Yeah, and you, you alluded to the offensive line as well, Ryan. Uh, Zach Frazier right in the middle of that um, mm-hmm. All-American. I, I just don't see how with one of the best interior linemen in the country – with C.J. Donaldson and the other backs and with a quarterback that averages six yards per carry and isn't afraid to lower the shoulder. I don't know how you're not establishing everything by running it up the gut first. And then if you want to do play action off of that, yes. or once everybody's kind of playing in the box, then get it out wide. But it, it's a fireable offense if they, don't, if they don't run everything through the run game. And, like, don't get fancy with it. Don't get cute. Like, maybe do some zone reads since you've got a quarterback who can run. But – Use Zach Frazier, run it up the middle, and then build everything else off of that, in my opinion. Um, and I think Garrett Green, Rob and I just kind of barely talked about this on our last episode. I don't think he's a guy who's on a lot of people's radar. But in the couple West Virginia games I watched, I had a lot of fun watching Garrett Green. And I think that he's a dynamic player. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I'm, if I'm looking at, like, a buy-low sort of candidate, in yeah. terms of if we're taking stock mm-hmm. of quarterbacks in this league, I am shoving a lot of money in on Garrett Green. Rob needs to defend himself here. No, no, no. Here's my only issue. Is he on Neil Brown's radar? Because he's Fair. been there, right? Garrett Green's been there. Garrett Green, if he had stayed in the game in Morgantown the last time Texas Tech was there, they win that game. West Virginia wins that game. If if he plays more last year, you probably go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So this is year three of Garrett Green in Morgantown or year four? You're four. This was, and, and he's this, not been given the rock. Yeah. I know well, he's a junior. I don't know. Yeah. I think he started his visits in 2019. What is it? 2021. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's going to be a junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in fairness to Neil and the staff, they brought JT Daniels in. And I, I think, like, you're bringing JT Daniels in to play. I mean, he started at USC. He was – I mean, he was neck and neck with Stetson Bennett. If he doesn't get hurt, maybe he's won back-to-back national championships in Georgia. I mean, that's the if if game. You could play that all day. But um, they definitely were a better team down the stretch when Garrett Green was quarterback uh, compared to JT Daniel, just because of the style, they, the way that they changed their approach to the game. 
and, and you mentioned it too with the good offensive line play, good running backs. The other part about Garrett Green is he he's he's good with his legs as well. So it opens up the RPOs and the play mm-hmm. actions because um, he's a threat. I mean, you got to play eleven on eleven football because he's a threat to take off at any moment. So to put a bow on the offensive discussion for now, who's going to catch passes in this offense? Like I just got through saying that y'all should run the ball 45 times mm-hmm. a game, but you do have to throw it some, and you lose Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, beyond that, I don't think there's a, a guy who jumps off the page in terms of returning production. Like, are, are there any portal additions or young guys that are expected to make the next step uh, that are pass catchers this season? I, I think what uh, Ethan was saying with Devin Carter, what is he, four-star? I think he's a four-star, maybe three. He's from but, NC State. Yeah, so yep. he I, – I yes, that in terms of coming into this season, um, a name, that there, there's your name right there. And so you go from like two names, as Ethan was saying, to one, but this is also that season for West Virginia where it's you – know, we'll, we'll, you know, we can talk about it on all sides of the ball. Is The question is who's stepping up. And that includes the coaching staff as well. But that's definitely right. Vegas has us at four and a half over under. Some people, F- ESPN's FBI is putting us at two and 10, like it went, which is ridiculous. That That's not going to happen. But I, I just think that's the question at wide receiver is, is who's going to step up. You got you got a couple three stars coming in. You got a couple from, from other schools, but it, it's who wants it. I, I think also they're – going to throw the ball to their backs a lot. So I think you get Anderson and Johnson involved where you kind of pound the rock between the tackles with Donaldson. Donaldson's proven he can he can catch the ball out of the backfield too, but I think the other two are better um, suited to do so, especially because, I mean, Donaldson's going to be the workhorse. Um, I also think they're looking at the tight end room too. They're hoping that guys um, can take a step forward, Cole Taylor, he showed flashes. Maybe look, he's another year in the system. So you talk about a ball control offense where you want to run the ball, go our, a lot of RPOs. I mean, you got to have good tight ends if you're going to play that style of football. So I think I think a guy like Cole Taylor could take a step back. Devin Carter is by clear and cut the number one receiver because he's the only guy that's really got production at the wide receiver position at at the Power Five level. No, Rush, I agree what you said about guys stepping up. Um, we've talked about Devin Carter, this whole, this whole conversation. I mean, yeah, roughly 500 yards at NC state. Like he's a experienced power five player committed to Penn state. Like he flipped the West Virginia. So that says something. Um, but outside of him, like you have Jeremiah Aaron, Cortez Bram, but out like really somebody's got to step up. Even if that's a Rodney Gallagher coming in from high school, somebody's got to step up. Uh, at that wide receiver position or at the tight end position at well as well with Cole Taylor. Yeah, and with yeah, Cole Taylor is you don't in the tight end position, right? Is you don't need anyone, you don't need anything sexy, right? You kind of need that Tre, uh Trevon Westco again. Is yeah, I get he played in the NFL or he's playing in the NFL. You don't I mean that in more is blocks when he needs to block and when he's open because he makes catches. That that's it's just it's like we're saying we're not, we're not trying. We don't need to complicate this and hit every X and O and everything. It, it's just keep it simple, right? Is a tight end that that just when he's open because he will be. I mean, you can only cover so many receivers and running backs if you run your formations correctly. He'll be open. It's just can he catch the ball? I, I, that's the question. So, are any of you going to attempt to uh, 
throw a wet blanket on my Garrett Green hype train, or do you feel like that's justified and that I should be as excited for him as as I am? I, I I'm excited for him. I, I'm with you. I think he's underrated. I I think he just hasn't had an opportunity. He's kind of just been behind guys that have been a little more highly recruited or highly touted, like JT Daniel. I mean, you bring in that big a name, you're going to start him. So. I'm excited to finally see Garrett Green get his opportunity from day number one. Um, like you said, he's been in the program for multiple years. He was behind Deggy before that. So, yeah, I think if I think with the way that they're approaching the game, I think he's going to have a good year. Kyle, you're right on. I, I want to see Garrett Green have a full year. Um, he's been behind Jared Deggy. Neil Brown didn't want to make the switch. I understand JT Daniels. I mean, you're promising – you're definitely promising him something. So, um, for them to go half the year and then actually bench him was that, – that said something. So, uh, I'm excited to see Garrett Green get a full year, hopefully. The end of the year was just a different energy, and he's just that tough guy. Like, I just think of, like, him playing at Norman two years ago, uh, 8 o'clock to mm-hmm. 8 o'clock kickoff, and he's down there driving first quarter for a touchdown. Uh, or the Oklahoma game in Morgantown this past year when it was raining. And he's just that tough, gritty guy you need. Yeah. No, I love his game. Um, I I think West Virginia fans really endeared themselves to me. When we um, when Rob and I picked West Virginia to be our March Madness team and made our logo uh, blue and gold, a West Virginia fan added a uh, like a coonskin cap to it. Yeah. And it's his profile picture on Twitter. Uh, it's like a Garrett Green fan page. And so – I don't just like him because his initials are GG. I think he's actually a, a really fun ball player to watch. But uh, anyway, he's, he's probably one of my favorite players in the conference that, that doesn't play for Texas Tech. If I had to put put like a player comp on him, like for with the NFL, I would compare him to a guy like Taylor Heineke, a guy that's like undersized. He's 5'10", 5'11". He doesn't have the biggest arms, not the most accurate guy in the world, but he's a gamer. He just, like you said, he makes tough plays, grinds games out whether it's rain, shine, snow, he's just, he's a badass. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's a competitor. So that's, that's what we got in Garrett Green. I'm, I'm with you guys looking forward to seeing a full year with him. Hope Neil Brown feels the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. De- <laughs> <laughs> Defensively. Um, one of our questions, we, we had a mailbag. I'm going to steal it from the mailbag. Are there any stills left? Because those guys have been. <laughs> no. no, no more stills. We're officially okay. done. Finally, good <laughs> um, what's the defense looking like with the the stillless the front line? Well, the the secondary is you, with Burks. I mean, you can there. It, I I don't know how to explain it, but West Virginia always has someone in the secondary that's like supposed to be like the next top ten draft pick. With and that's that's going to be Burks this year. Definitely one of the best defensive backs. I don't know if he'll be top 10 pick, but you know, understand what I'm saying is there's all, it just seems like there's always that one. I mean, um, now I can't think, uh, Carl Joseph is, you know, when we were students here is who we were watching. And then of course you got Pac-Man from years back and that sort of thing. There's always that one. So at least leading off the defensive discussion is, is he's, he's going to be that one where it's like, Oh, thank God he's back there. <laughs> I, I think up front, um, we lose our three top guys from a production standpoint standpoint but from like a top nine top 10 guys we have all the good role guys back so mm-hmm. we have a lot of depth back guys that kind of kind of like garrett green that have been in the program but 
they just haven't had a chance because they're playing behind the stills. I mean, you're not going to play over those guys because they're NFL guys. So um, I think I think it's a good unit. Added a couple pass rushers as well in the portal. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is once again going to probably be the strength of the defense. It, it feels like every year, year in and year out, we are able to recruit uh, solid on the defensive line whether it's the stills or, or pass rushers, we, we've done a good job in the trenches on the defensive side. Yeah, I think with Dante still's gone, um, for Big 12 fans, finally he's gone. He's like Harry Ellis <laughs> in college football. But uh, with Dante gone, uh, that, that defense is going to have to find a new leader, whether uh, whether that's <laughs> – whether that's Aubrey Burks, it has to be somebody. And I'm worried about that secondary after Burks. Um, it, mm. Those guys have a lot of talent and they have a lot of potential. They're it, like, like we, like we've been saying, West Virginia, their staff has been able to recruit the defense really well, like out, out of high school. Um, but when it comes to the secondary and they try to fill in with depth, they're going through the transfer portal and they're getting guys from um, like, for example, Mac schools, which isn't a problem. That's good depth. But at some point, like some of those guys have to step up. And last year, that was an issue in the secondary. Is uh, is Jordan Jefferson coming back, or is he done? He transferred to LSU. Yeah. Okay. Another he, Jefferson at LSU. Yeah, he was a dude. Uh, I'm looking at his stat line from last year. He only had 31 tackles, but nine and a half of them were for a loss. And then he also was co-leader on the team in passes defended. So he's like all over the place. Yeah, he's a stud. He reason he's going to LSU. Yeah, yeah, Dang, that's a that's yeah. a big loss. And and another um, insight, um, a little birdie told me um, from high up in an athletic department or a team around here um, that someone was saying like, "Oh, uh, how how are we looking this year?" And they said, "Well, we're not worried at all about the defense. It's the, the biggest question is the offense." So. And very reputable source. Um, so take what you want with that. Take it with a grain of salt. Just I, I, I trust this, but you know, that they got to play the game at the same time too. So, yeah. Well, I think we uh, kind of loosely alluded to it, but with the portal being such a prominent component of building a roster, building a program, give me like two or three guys uh, incoming. And we might've already discussed them, but that y'all expect to make an impact that weren't on the roster last year. I'll go. I'll go up front on the defensive side. Um, you mentioned it. You you lose the stills and, and you lose guys in the transfer portal, but you bring in guys like Davion Hawkins and uh, for Tamora Moba. Um, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Rob so Ryan. when when, when he uh, yeah when when he records his first sack and I hear it on the overhead, I'll know exactly how to pronounce it. But uh, yeah, I think it's, not it's some guys Rando calling it on TV. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Again, against against Penn State week one, by the way. So, uh, yeah, no, we we don't have a cupcake in week one. So, yeah, I think those two guys. Uh, I mean, they're coming from a Division one program, so I think they got to make an immediate impact. And and there's playing time available. Do you, are you, are you talking defensive end or just transfer portal in general? At any position, offense or defense, really. Yeah, um interested and in th- sorry you might have said this ryan i broke up on my end for a bit uh did you did you say um okay at the ryan and rush show we're really working on pronunciations we're still kind of getting into this so so forgive us um i 
when BYU comes to town with all the Tongans, that's going to be, that's going to be a great <laughs> episode. So uh, just saying that right now, uh, Montra Miller, um, the cornerback. I'm curious too, cause we bring, we're bringing up wide receivers earlier, earlier, uh, Jay Sean Polk. Really? That could be your number two that steps up, comes over from Kent state. Um, could definitely come up and play. Those are my two is one from offense, one from defense. I, I'm, I'm curious kind of to see how those play out. Uh, especially they both have someone in their position that's above them. So can those both, both those guys be solid number twos? Well, we already talked about Devin Carter and Cole Taylor on the offensive end. I, I actually like the Beanie Bishop pickup at cornerback from Minnesota. Great last name. Uh, I just thought, I just talked about how the staff seems to fill in depth with group of five secondary players. And last year they just got burnt by the end of the year. And, um, I think bringing bringing in a guy that's played at the power five level for a few years at this point, it's it's like the same as Devin Carter on the offensive end. Like I will, West Virginia is going to take that. I will take that. Like they they know they know what to expect. They've played in the ACC or the Big Ten, so having a Big Twelve schedule in footballs, it's not going to kill them by the end of the year. Rob, what else you got? Uh, well, I wanted to look at the schedule. Um, looking at the schedule, Penn State, <laughs> that non-con is pretty good. Uh, of course, you get Duquesne in there, but going around uh, Pitt and Penn State, and then your first matchup in the Big 12 is Texas Tech. Um, oh, yeah, that's been a great game under Neil Brown yeah, <laughs> for two of us of the five on the call. How does that feel uh, with those first four games? So the first three – it's actually funny how they have this split up. So we're calling the first three, the non-con, the war versus Pennsylvania with Penn State, Duquesne, Pittsburgh. All those in a way, prime time. Even Duquesne, the, the six o'clock game. I mean, that, that, that's a good start. Penn State, the goal for that game is, I think what? It's an 18 and a half point spread. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, cover. Just, just give us hope. Give us like, okay, yeah, we, we shouldn't win this game, but they, they stayed in it the whole game. You know, Duquesne gets stuff right, and then and then we're on to Pitt. And I'll tell you what is, if we don't beat Pitt, or it's not one of those games where it's really close, we lose in double overtime, and it's a blown call by an official, uh, I think the boosters are going to start pulling together their money for, for Neil Brown. I, I wouldn't even go into the Texas Tech game. I mean, we'll, we'll go into it for the, the, the purpose of it, but I, I you have to look at those three kind of separately before – you start getting into to Big 12 play. The pick game last year was brutal. That <laughs> that pick six, like I thought, I thought y'all had them. I thought that was going to be a great, you know, Thursday night special edition of College Game Day, first iteration of the backyard brawl in a decade, and y'all were like this close to going in there and winning at Pitt. And I thought it would have been awesome and just a bad bounce. I mean, like that's really what it was. The interception wasn't even a bad throw or anything. Um, so I hope y'all hope y'all can exact revenge on on Pitt this year in the non-con. Yeah, I th- I think that game kind of set the tone for the season because that game kind of spiraled into two losses. We overlooked Kansas. We didn't nobody knew that Kansas was going to be as good as they were going to be, and we gave that game away late. So all of a sudden we should should have been one and zero with the ranked win at Pitt. Next thing you know we're zero and two. And you're fighting uphill the rest of the way. That honestly, you're right. That that tip ball or not going for it on fourth and one was the difference between five and seven 
and probably seven and five, and we're singing a whole different tune with Neil Brown. So same situation. I mean, pits the game on the schedule. I don't think any of us think they're going to be Penn State. But, I mean, it's college football. you got to play the games. We're, from the naked eye, I mean, we're one of, I think, six or seven programs that have 11 Power 5 games again. I mean, that's that's it's it's not like the SEC where they it means more where they play eight conference games and <laughs> they beat up on Austin P and Murray State in in freaking November. So hey, hey, maybe that's why on. Texas and Oklahoma are going there. They need some uh, they need some wins over Sam Houston State. Yeah, well, and don't knock Austin P because their recruiting class right now is neck and neck with Houston. I don't know if y'all saw that on Twitter today. But yeah, they're they're tied right now for oh, the yeah. best recruiting class in the country. Houston fans love that tidbit, by the way. What Houston fans? You've met some? Where are they? <laughs> you have to draw them off sides. They will not interact with you unless, like, you get them on the defensive. But I think it'd be really cool if y'all if y'all beat Penn State because that's, like, the first, you know, NBC primetime Big Ten game, and they're going to show off that production. And if it's them losing at home to a rival Big 12 school, that would just be glorious. And so I know it's an uphill oh, yeah. battle, no pun intended, with the, the climb and all that, but – if y'all could pull that off, that would be epic. I hope y'all do it. Well, I mean, the good thing about playing them the first game of the season is you have literally all off season to prepare for one game. So it's not like you're playing them week three and, you know, it's, you know, you've just got off of two other games. So, I mean, what week one in college football, Ryan and I were just talking about it on the show recently. That's, that's the week where that's when you have the Appalachia state, you know, Michigan games. That's when you have those crazy, like, Oh my gosh game so yeah you're you're right i mean uh, that's that's the time of the year you do want to play them they they have to go two and one in in the war of pennsylvania like they have to because right after you with texas tech and morgantown which hasn't worked ever seems like uh tcu and fort worth you're not returning it's not you're not playing the national title appearance team tcu but there's still going to be a good tcu team this year so i it does, and the schedule doesn't get easier after that. Everybody, everybody looks at the new four teams and oh, those will be easy wins. No, they won't. They won't be easy wins. Um, nothing to nothing's been nothing, easy. Nothing, especially for West Virginia, <laughs> those games won't be easy. Like West Virginia has to go to UCF in the bounce house. That's that's a good environment. UCF has nine wins in the American. Mm-hmm. Won't translate the nine wins in the Big Twelve. That's still a hard environment to win at. Um, just stuff like that, even a BYU or Cincinnati. So they're going to have – West Virginia is going to have to go 2-1 and one against the Pennsylvania teams in a non-conference and then hopefully pray that they steal a game against Texas Tech or TCU before heading into October. So a, a quick prop bet for y'all. I know that Pitt is obviously the arch rival and you want to avenge that loss from last season, but Penn State is going to be the higher-ranked team coming in. If you could only win one of those two games and then you automatically lose the other, which one would you rather win? Pitt. Pitt. You, you have to beat Pitt. Okay. But that, but that, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not, we're just. I think it would be different if West Virginia and Penn State have played recently. They haven't played in 30 yeah. years. I would even say, okay. I would say for all of us, our generations don't really have that same connection to the rivalry as, as like our dads or grandparents yeah. do. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Hey, speaking of real quick to to your guys' schedule, who put the at Wyoming game on the schedule? Whose idea oh, yeah. was that? that t- talk about trap games. I mean, with <laughs> Oregon on deck, I saw that. And I'm like, oh my god, you got to go to Laramie. So yeah. that's a, that's a home and home. 
Okay. And I thought that was during because they're so far ahead. Was that during the Cliff era? I think that so, was actually yeah. scheduled. And then the the home game was supposed to be in 2020, so you don't play that home game. I think it's on the schedule oh. for much later. But yeah, this is technically a return trip to Wyoming to a trip that Wyoming hasn't made to Lubbock yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's that a is, scary game, that, man. That is a scary game. And it's going to be a 16 point line, 14 and a half, 15 point line. And that's, that's even more nerve wracking. Oh, I, I already know who I'm betting on in that game. <laughs> no, I've, I've, cause it's yeah. going to be jump, especially with the elevation in Wyoming. I mean, that's, yeah. that's well, not yeah. a, who I think UCLA went there a couple years ago and just got freaking drilled i mean it's the anytime you get those group of fives that, that that get a power five coming into them it's like a hornet's nest yeah when we've we've uh stepped in it before this is going back a ways but you know okay so I'm, i don't know if west virginia fans deal with this with any of y'all's rivals but like if texas tech ever beats texas or ou or whatever their fans immediately do the whole like oh well we were your super bowl we always get your best shot like this is the one game y'all care about um, it's rare Tech- that Texas Tech can say that <laughs> yeah. about an opponent, but in 2004 we went to New Mexico and they beat us. And that yeah. I think that 2014 they won like nine games with the bowl. That was the uh, team that beat Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch in the Holiday Bowl. Um, and so like it was like, why are we going to Albuquerque to play this game in the first yeah. place? Especially when you lose. We've had a couple close calls in El Paso. <laughs> Um, time zones are weird in Texas. We're central time. El Paso is mountain time. So we're kicking off at like 9 PM out there. And, you know, they like the 06 team that again was pretty solid team with like Graham Harrell and those guys almost lost to Utah. I think it went into overtime. And so this Wyoming game kind of reminds me of those two setups. It's like, I I don't know how I feel about this. Um, especially laying 13 and a half or 14 points. And high expectations. I mean, the way you guys finished last year, and yeah, to to your other point, there's nothing better than when Texas goes five and seven. But don't worry, they you they were your, your Super Bowl, so <laughs> that makes it better that you beat them. Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing mailbag segment? So we've got some uh, questions from listeners for you guys. We'll kind of do rapid fire. There's some sure. silly ones and some serious ones. Mostly silly though, from our audience. Um. First on realignment, who are some of your dream ads to the Big 12 oh. from the Mountain Man's perspective? So that are joining this year or to come? If if you could add a few, like even ACC's on the table, whoever you want, if you could have two dream ads to the Big 12, who would they be? Pitt, I would say. Let's, yeah. let's bring that back. And Utah. Utah. And all – I'll explain. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick reader's digest version. Okay. I was actually born in Provo, Utah. Both my parents and brother went to BYU. I'm the reject. I'm the converted West Virginian. I, I chose beer. Um, so yeah. I, so I, but like, that's another thing is, and that's why, um, yeah, that's why I brought up the Wyoming thing. Cause I've seen BYU get slaughtered by Wyoming and Wyoming, like time after time, especially in the nineties. So the Holy war, I, I, so I'm taking more of kind of the traditional with West Virginia pick rivalry, but I also from a, like, that's why I'm so happy BYU is joining the big 12 this year. And of course they're playing in Morgantown the day I'm getting married. Couldn't change the wedding date. Fiance wouldn't let me. I tried so hard. Ryan's not happy either. Cause he's a groomsman, but that's no. a conversation for another time. So the, so the non-traditional, I want Utah in there. I want to bring, you got to bring back the Holy war. 
Uh, Pitt, Pitt's easy, number one for me. Uh, I mean, I like Yormark's approach where he's kind of being a contrarian and going all in on basketball saying we're going to be solid in football, but we're going to be by far the most superior college basketball uh, conference. So I like the, the UConn. But, I mean, if I really had to choose and they would never come back, it would be Nebraska. I never thought Nebraska should have ever left. They're a Big 12 school. They're right in the middle of Big 12 country. And honestly, they've been dog shit ever since they left. I'll help the West Virginia fans out. And uh, Pitt, I think that's our undisputed. That's got to be one of them. Yeah. I like the UConn one to a point, like, they got to get better at football. Obviously, they can't be in the, like they can't be Kansas before Leopold. So, um, I would I would add in a Virginia Tech if we're yeah. talking unrealistic on the East Coast and ACC school, Virginia yeah. Tech and Pitt. If we're talking realistic, probably expanding to the Pac-12, uh, probably Colorado and Arizona. How about Syracuse? Does that move the needle for West Virginia fans? It's better than yeah, nothing. I, yeah. <laughs> I think your mark, I mean, your mark's a New York guy um, to, from his uh, days in pop culture with Jay-Z. So he loves New York City. I mean, he was there with uh, with K-State when they were in the garden. He wants that New York. That's why he's all in on UConn, in my opinion, because he wants UConn has such a strong draw in the New York City area. I think Syracuse would be a uh, good draw as well, though. I mean, uh, U- UConn's got stronger ties in the New York City area than Rutgers. That was the whole reason why the Big Ten brought Rutgers in because they wanted that New York market, even though nobody really cares about Rutgers. Yeah, I think Syracuse, like you're saying, Syracuse would pair really well with UConn, like if they both came at yeah. the same time. Um, I think a lot of schools are that way. Same with like Pitt and Virginia Tech, if they both came, uh, or like Louisville, I think you could pair with anybody we've talked about. Louisville would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing you have with Syracuse, though, is I'm curious how the dynamic with with Bayheim not being there anymore, because that does change things. Like if this was 10 years ago, yeah, then, oh, yeah, bring them on. Like it, it does. We'll see type of thing. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Hey, Rob, speaking of expansion, doesn't Rahino Barbecue have some expansion options in the work? And sorry, guys, we got to get to these ad reads real quick. <laughs> got to get paid. <laughs> They're soon going to Rojino Barbecue Market. There'll be a brick and mortar, uh, but the same great barbecue in tow. Uh, you can go see them in Olton. Order early online, RojinoBBQ.com. Before you get there, you can go pick it up. Uh, they sell out quick, but they're open Thursday through Saturday, 11 a.m. till sellout. But coming soon, seven days a week, they're at Rojino Barbecue and Market. When they open. All right, back to some questions. How many couches have you burned after a win? I've passed out on a few. <laughs> <laughs> they, you can't do that anymore. In the who I don't know if she's still the mayor of Morgantown, but the mayor of Morgantown. Do you want know something that really angered me? Is I, I was looking up something recently, and I think it was during election time to see who the candidates were, and like the mayor of Morgantown. And one thing she promotes that campaign for, she's like, I was the one who banned burning couches thinking like, Oh, I'm like, why are you? I would not be promoting that. Number one, number two, why you, you should do it in a designated. Why don't you make control areas for people to burn couches and do it in a safe manner? But no, it's unfortunately gone really downhill. It just, it doesn't really happen anymore, but a lot of passing out on couches happens still. 
I've only seen pictures of it. It was it was out of my time when I was. Yeah. Uh, I just graduated, so I didn't see any burning couches. So, um, yeah, Ryan and Rush, you're you're all on the burning couch train, I'm sure. Some <laughs> if, I, if I admit, am I gonna get in trouble? Uh, two, uh, we beat. They both were top five wins. 2014, we beat Baylor at home. There was a year, the year that TCU and Baylor both had one losses, and somehow Ohio State leaped them both. Uh, still trying to figure that one out, and I think it was 2014. The Baylor's one That's loss me. of the year was to us. Um, and the other one was 2012 when we beat Texas, the first year in the Big 12. Uh, Tavon Austin, Geno Smith went into Austin, got it done. There, That was as crazy a night in Morgantown as I, I recall. I mean, until we beat Pitt this year. I have also burned one couch, but it was not after a win or anything. It was just out on the farm. It was time. <laughs> burned a couch. There you go. If you do get into legal trouble for burning a couch – uh, another one of our sponsors is a is an attorney here in Texas, Barnett <laughs> Howard and Williams Law Firm. They handle all sorts of cases. I don't know if they specialize in couch burning, but they are one of the only law firms in the state of Texas certified for Title IX student litigation. They do catastrophic injury, criminal defense. They hope you never need them. Do not break the laws of Morgantown and burn couches unless you beat Penn State or Pitt this year. Then have at it and then call Barnett Howard and Williams, bhwlawfirm.com. One thing I will say, Rob and I are basically just two jamokes doing a podcast. One thing we do have down pretty well is the ad read segues. <laughs> yeah, they're clean. Finds their way into each episode. So, All right, start bench cut these favorite nicknames for Moonshine, White Lightning, Mountain Dew, and Firewater. If you're familiar, familiar with start bench cut. White Lightning, you said? White Lightning, Mountain Dew, and Firewater. Start. Start White Lightning, bench Firewater, cut Mountain Dew. And now that's probably the original Mountain Dew. It just, I think it gets, I don't like double names. Like, do you mean the soda or do you mean that? So that that's my logic. But White Lightning, I kind of like that. Yeah, I'd probably go the same. I'll go the same as well, just because of the Mountain Dew. Like, yeah, White Lightning's a perfect, that's a perfect moonshine name. Yep. They uh they actually nicknamed me White Lightning back in the day when I ran a, a sub five forty yard dash. <laughs> a young Wes Welker. Yeah, there he goes. Hey, uh, I we, I had a I had an old neighbor in college. I I would go over to his house and he'd just be making it in his kitchen. Be like, "How many do you want?" I'm like, "Oh, take take three of them." They were cheap. He would sell them to me so cheap too. It was great. It, 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 I haven't seen many couches being burned, but I've seen a lot of moonshine being made. So I guess, I guess it evens out, right? I, I got to try some moonshine. There were some West Virginia fans in Lubbock last year for the game, and they were tailgating, and they had some homemade moonshine. Uh, it, was, it was really good. I, I loved it, and I look forward to being in Morgantown someday soon, hopefully. I also can't go this year because of a wedding, but maybe next year, a year after that, depending on how the schedule shakes out, I need to go have the uh, the authentic stuff there in West Virginia. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of it. And uh, that was the highlight of our trip to Lubbock this year, the moonshine, because <laughs> there wasn't much to be happy on the field. That was uh, that probably <laughs> was rock bottom of the season, that game. That game hurt. And there was plenty of rock bottoms, but that was – Texas Tech was probably once again our rock bottom. It was over in five minutes. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, it – that was that was total rock bottom. <laughs> I, I'm not going to pile on here. Um, pile on. A group of out of town guys want burgers and wings after a game. Fat Daddy's, Iron Horse, or Fourth and Goal. 
fourth and goal. I after the game, I go to Kegler's honestly, but I know that's not the um Fat Daddy's Iron Horse. Kid. Gotta go. Okay, so I'm gonna give Fat Daddy's nothing but love. It's Fat Daddy's is that Ryan and I have had some great nights that will. It's not we'll a place you go get the, food though. Yeah, yeah. it's all just they're either the starter bench. I'm not gonna cut them just because of our our love. Fourth and goal. I know I've had wings there. I just don't remember having wings there. And <laughs> Iron Horse. I mean, yeah, not bad. Yeah, it, it's it's pick your poison. If you're not going to Mario's or Kegler's, I'm going the fourth and goal for wings. Yeah. That's Out of those three, I think I'm going to fourth and goal. I agree. Are y'all do y'all enjoy wings bone in or boneless? Both, to be honest. I love them both. It 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 depends how messy I want to get. I usually my go-to is boneless because I'm just not in the mood, but I also get their glorified chicken nuggets. Like I, I get okay. they're not real wings, That's you know okay. that, but <laughs> But I, but the hot honey barbecue boneless wings at Kegler's are, mm, mm, that's, that's where you'll find me. It, it's delicious. Where, it's where he's going in 20 minutes. From yeah. Now. There you go. You guys got me. You guys got me all fired up now. Uh, we're all, we're all, we're all children. So we're eating boneless wings. Yeah. Like, we love- I'll, I'll eat bone in. I'll eat bone in. It just depends. Like if I want to, if I want to get messy with it, like I like bone in wings are good, but if I have to choose, I'm picking boneless. Do you guys ever do that move where you're eating uh, bone-in wings and your hands are so messy and you go to the bathroom to wash them off, but then you have to pee. So then you pee and then you wash your hands again. And the person saw you washing your hands and then you go back into the bathroom and like, what is this guy's problem? Like, they don't know that it's the, you know what I'm talking Okay. No, because that's, I only that's get bone for you experience. Okay. That's a me experience. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's why I stick to bone. Exactly, Kyle. Maybe that's yeah. why I stick to boneless. But that, here's, that's- how I know, here's how I know you're all boneless guys because they're called traditional not bone in they're traditional wings versus boneless wings. God, sure it, it's like how do you know someone's a disc golf guy because they're like do you play ball golf or disc golf well it's no it's golf ball or golf. disc golf I've never even heard of yeah. that yeah, yeah yeah well i, mean, I don't know that at least around here or some people will say that you're like, oh we play ball or disc and i'm like well you're a disc golfer so no i'm fine with boneless wings I just, it's traditional or boneless that's that's all it is you're right have you ever been told that you sound like ryan reynolds who? You, Rush. Me? Yes. <laughs> Maybe I can make some money. Oh, I can like an animated movie. <laughs> Put on like a Deadpool mask. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I'm honored. I'm, you're making me blush. Or the room's getting hotter because of all the equipment. But hey, there I'll it take it. Thank you. All right. Uh, are you tired of every West Virginia food for Big 12 tournaments being pepperoni roll based? <laughs> no. No, no, Honestly, no. What other signature, like West Virginia's got other signature foods, but pepperoni rolls, I think, I think that's a, that's a very unique one to where only West Virginia can claim and kind of showcase at those big 12 mm-hmm. tournaments. Can y'all explain what a pepperoni roll is? Cause I think some people mm-hmm. who aren't from there are imagining like Totino's and I know that's not what it is. Do you, you want the, I can give you like the history. Okay. Yeah. yeah if, if that's all right. I met so uh, a couple years ago. I was at I was at uh, Myrtle Beach, and I met this guy. This guy had like a West Virginia golf cart, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" I, I live in Morgantown. He's like, "My name is James Morgan. My family settled Morgantown. That's where it comes from. Settled down, yeah, in 1611." I'm like, "Wow, I expect to see this here." But he's like, "I got some pepperoni rolls. Come over." And he told me this whole story. He said the coal miners 
would take like a loaf of bread and stick uh, pepperoni in it. And they would go down in the coal mines where it was warm and the grease from the pepperoni would, would create kind of that, that, um, a lot of people want to put cheese in there, but you're not supposed to, if you want to talk about traditional, like there's, it's just, and so, so the oil from the pepperoni is what kind of lubed it up. And, and that's where you got pepperoni rolls. It was just really convenient for the coal miners. So traditionally it's just, it's just pepperoni and bread. And then the oils are what give it the flavor. And then they added cheese in the stores basically. So yeah. can't go wrong. Sounds good to me. Oh yeah. Very, All Varios has the best simple. pepperoni rolls. They do. A very simple dish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds good. I didn't know that was a thing until your Mark started doing big 12 concessions. So need to add that to the list with moonshine. Yep. He, yeah, he remarks like, oh, we got to get West Virginia moonshine in here. If he does that, he would be, I'll, I'll put his statue outside right next to Milan Puskar. Well, why are we not having a cocktail bar along with these uh, foods? Oh, yeah, you'd have like the Chilton for Texas Tech, uh -huh. moonshine for West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Uh, who is on your Mount Rushmore for all sports West Virginia athletes? It doesn't involve Kevin Pitsnoggle. Oh, I was just about to say, if one of y'all says Kevin Pitsnoggle. He he does not make my Mount Rushmore, although he he was a great player. We hate Kevin uh, Pitsnoggle. I, uh, number one is easy. Jerry West is by far number one. I mean, he's the logo of the NBA, so um, we can do this by committee. I'll go Jerry I West, like number one. You got to throw, throw Major in there. I was going to say major would probably be number two. I'm trying to think of a good, like, modern. Can you throw Pat White in there? I was going to say yeah, Pat, Pat White. Pat. Yeah. And then who's that? For? It's always the fourth that everyone's like. If you go old you school. Day, you could throw Tavon. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Bob I Huggins. probably would go day. Uh, uh, actually, yeah. Bob yeah, Huggins. probably Bob. Yeah, actually, you will. Yeah. yeah. Player yeah. and coach. Yeah. Yeah, there so, you go. Your former employee. Not even thinking of your former employer. Right? No, I was thinking. I was thinking players. He's got enough awards. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> so, so who'd we go? We went Jerry West, Pat White, Major, Major and Hugs. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that too. I think Pat White and Steve Slayton as a duo were my favorite players, yeah. like on an opposing team or a team that I didn't really follow. And of course, everybody talks about using them in the video games, just like speed option, speed option, speed option. It was cheap, absolutely mode. unstoppable. Yeah, love those guys. That was that was a national brand. Like that was like what, with what Rich Rod did with that offense. That was like he was so ahead of times, and everybody was like a West Virginia fan at that time, just because of the way Pat White and Steve Sladen played together, and Owen Schmidt. Owen Schmidt, what a guy! What a yeah. name. The runaway beer truck. Yeah. Um, Bust his head open. <laughs> all right. I, I've got a question for y'all. If there are any Iowa State fans streaming, turn it off now. Um, I was not aware of this, but like Iowa State makes a big deal about their pedestrian bridge. I'm sure y'all have seen that all over mm -hmm. social media. And so in like peak offseason last year, we ranked the best bridges in the Big 12. Put them number one because like who else are we going to put there? And a bunch of West Virginia fans replied as they're like, this is the, what is it called? The River Gorge? New River, River Gorge. Gorge, yep. Yeah. And, like, I didn't know that was there. And and some West Virginia fans are like, well, that's, like, far enough away from campus. You know, it doesn't really count. 
but I'll, I'll say it now, and I don't care who's watching. Y'all have the best bridge in the Big 12. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I feel it's like that's not talked about enough. Hang the banner. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I, on Iowa the state, state quarter. Iowa State thinks they have the market cornered on this. And I'm like, guys, if, if more people were aware of what they've got going on in West Virginia, we would have a serious bridge battle atop the conference here. At the end of 2020, they made it a national park. The the river was like a national river, but it, it's it's a national park now. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's a great looking bridge. I agree. Yeah, and it, and it, and you mentioned it. It's hidden. It's like two two plus hours away from campus, outside of uh, Fayette, Fayetteville, I think. Yeah, on your way to Beckley in the southern part of the mm-hmm. state after you pass through uh, Summersville. So, yeah, it's kind of hidden. It's hidden uh, once you go down I-79, then it turns into 19 before 77. So It just it kind of is like, oh, there it is. It pops like, up. You yeah, don't yeah, see yeah. it coming. And then you're like, whoa, yeah. You it's think it's going to all this hype, like getting to it, and then just yeah. jump, all of a sudden you're on it. And <laughs> yep. you're, actually, no, you're already past it. So. <laughs> yeah, your stomach drops, honestly, like when you when you get on it because it's like you look down and you're like, yeah, keep this car on this road. <laughs> so yeah. this bridge gets funding. Yeah. <laughs> watch out for that pothole (laughs) rob i think i only have one more i don't know how close you are uh with the mailbag okay i've got one one or two more uh you go first mine mine is a good one to kind of end on okay what's your favorite uniform combo i really like the country roads from last year and i know that's kind of a new I will say, and I know some people like the traditional West Virginia fans, shout out Nick's notes, say that the all whites look too much like Penn State. I would I would say I, I also do like the the all whites. I think they're pretty clean looking. But the the country roads they released last year, I was like, whoa, it, they're sweet. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, y'all were those three times last year? Y'all, y'all were more than once, right? Uh, twice. twice. Uh, Pitt yeah. and Tech. Yeah, okay. Pitt and Tech. Do you yeah, like look- the digital camo? Oh yeah, what was that? Twenty ten. We use it in baseball a lot, but yeah, digital camo. I'm not a big fan of the digital. Camo. I, I like I like the camo. I'm a traditionalist. I I like the I like the old school ones, the traditional ones, the blue jerseys, gold mm-hmm. pants, um, blue helmets. I I think it just looks clean. Yeah. If I you're agree. going through, if you're going traditional, traditional, that has to be the combo. Rush, yeah. I agree. Like I love. I love the all whites, the stormtroopers. They, yeah. I see the argument. They look like Penn State, but if they could just yeah. like outline a little bit of gold in there, which they did with the with the country roads uniforms, I it agree. Would be perfect. So like, if I'm picking the combo, and I hope I hope they bring them back. I don't know if they're actually gone or if they're returning or what, but uh, wear those country roads uniforms. I would take that combo as like a main a main uniform combo, road in a way or home in a way. I agree. They, they, that should be like the new home, our country roads. It should be the new away uniform roads on the road. Yeah. Yep. And, and then for basketball it would be the blacks. Oh, really? The all blacks where they went when they went to the final four. That was the, that was the coal miner uniform. Ren Baker was telling us like yeah. every baseball game he goes or wherever event he is and people are coming up to us. He's like, dude, like five people have already asked, like if we're going back to black uniforms. It's like I don't know. I'm still trying. I'm trying to get you yeah. guys to fo- figure out football coat. Well, he didn't really, see, yeah. but he's obviously has bigger fish to fry than. Uh, but you know, it's like people just ask him all the time about the black uniforms. People love the black <laughs> uniforms, man. Ryan Rush, do you guys like the gold for basketball? Because like I, I see that I see like 
mixed opinions on the gold. I like the gold a lot. Yeah, I like the I like the gold. I like, the gold. I like him at the home. Flying yeah. Dove V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what Ethan? What are the one you, we were watching a game? You said you didn't like the white ones. Yeah, no. the white and the gray. Like I don't like the gray either. I don't like the gray current ones. Gray right, should be think black. About the I white. Don't think about the white. Like it's. Cl- I like what they got with the blue and the gold on it right now. It's clean. It pops. I out. agree. Yeah, but like. I, I I miss like growing up like I I wasn't a West Virginia fan growing up but like watching old Big East basketball or uh, early Big Twelve basketball with West Virginia I just remembered the West the number and then Virginia on like just going down the uniform so like that's what I miss but I I like what they I like the color and the font they got currently I would actually change it basketball the blue the blues are the best I I really like the blue uniforms a lot all right Kyle take us home. Okay, last one. It's a long one, so bear with me. There might not even be a question at the end. It might just be me talking, and then y'all can respond. But when West Virginia was first added to the Big 12, I don't mean this as like an insult or anything, but it's kind of a weird a weird fit, and it felt mm-hmm. like the Big 12 was like needed to add just like a brand from the Big East to kind of stay relevant in that Power 5 discussion. We were the outlier. I agree. Yeah, yeah like, we agree. Yeah, Y'all were kind of on an island, and I'm thinking, like, well, that's weird. Like, ge- geographically, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And, and little did I realize at that point we were heading toward a world where Piscataway, New Jersey, and Los Angeles, California would share a conference with each other. Um, so it, it seemed weird at the time. But as 11 or 12 years have gone by, um, I feel more accustomed to it. And we're adding some schools in the eastern time zone. Cincinnati's real close. Um I think Texas Tech and West Virginia – I think West Virginia had more ties to Texas Tech than almost any other school in the Big 12, even though we were the furthest from y'all. I don't know if y'all know this, but Texas Tech's very first bowl game, our opponent was West Virginia in the 1938 Sun Bowl, I No think. kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, of course, John Denver, the he wrote the anthem. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think, went to Tech for maybe one or two semesters before dropping out. He wasn't He wasn't a mainstay here. Um Jim Carlin coached at both universities. And then in recent memory, the Neil Brown, Graham Harrell, Seth Dagey, Jared Dagey connection. And so I've always felt like, you know, if y'all weren't so far away, this would, you know, if y'all were located in Oklahoma or Texas, like this would be a a really cool rivalry. Um, But then as things progress, like I said, y'all get Cincinnati as sort of a travel partner. Y'all develop this kind of riot bowl with Iowa state. And then the Cycloneers deal with the softball and baseball teams do y'all feel more at home now and, and like less of a misfit? And I guess just talk about kind of your place in the Big 12 as fans and how you view things today versus a decade plus ago when y'all were first added to the conference. Yeah, so actually Ryan and I were just talking about this an episode or two ago is we went from absolutely West Virginia being the outlier to the conference and us needing to establish ourselves in a Power 5 conference. And of course the, you know, Texas A&M and Missouri left for the SEC to now where they're having expansion talks at the Greenbrier and looking at big East schools to add is it, it, it shifted from us being out the outlier to your mark being like, Hey, West Virginia actually might be the center of, of the, the new big 12 is we're going from the Midwest to kind of over that where the Midwest and East meet and West Virginia is a great place for that. So yeah, I, I agree. It, w- it was weird at first, but now it's, I think it's working out great. 
Yeah, it, 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 it is ironic that it's gone from the outlier to kind of the center of come full circle in, in a decade plus later. Because I, I think we can all agree, we none of us wanted to go to the Big 12 initially. We loved the Big East, the rivalries, the backyard brawl that everybody got to see for the first time in a decade, the, the hatred, the passion that should be played every year, um, and, and how good that basketball league was. But I, I think – Definitely just going to the different fan bases from the athletic department, basketball side of things. I've got to see all these different towns, college towns. I haven't got to see Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and uh, Houston. But the one thing the Big 12 has that compared to the other leagues is their true college towns where the university and the athletic department, football or basketball is king there. I mean – Texas Tech, everybody, it's all about the Red Raiders. Iowa State, it's all about the Cyclones. Manhattan, Kansas, it's all about K-State. So I think that's what the Big 12 has in common, and that's why the home court or home field advantages are just second to none compared to all the other leagues. It's not We're, we're not in the big cities, New York City or L.A. I know we're trying to expand into it, but the true backbone of the Big 12 is these college towns, Morgantown, Lubbock, Ames, and Manhattan, those places. So I love the Big 12. In 2012, West Virginia wasn't a fit. They're out there. They're the outlier. In 2023, they fit perfectly, honestly. Like, like Ryan, you just said, like all these, all the Big 12 schools, and even with the four new ones, it's it's a common like you see it on Twitter. The fan bases are are great for all 14 schools, um, even our departing friends in Oklahoma and Texas. But um, it's a shame back then. 11, 12 years ago, Big 12 couldn't add any of those old uh, other Big East schools that were also falling, like a Louisville or a Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati's back into it. Louisville can maybe get back into it in the next decade. Um, but it's just interesting to see how your mark's going to go about this. It's The common theme is to go, go get the Pac-12 schools that aren't obviously UCLA, USC. Um, but – I'm excited to see if he wants to expand out east and go up to New York and get a Syracuse or a UConn or even even down in the ACC, just down south in a Virginia Tech or just somebody. It's, it's going to be interesting because I think if he can establish all time zones for Big 12 football and basketball, it's, it's must-watch TV. Well, I'm glad y'all feel that way because I do too. And, and even as recently as like two or three years ago, I thought, you know, probably be better for them if they could find their way into the ACC with those regional schools, the old Big East rivalries that y'all talked about. Uh, but like, especially when we were, we were just doing it as a, as, as a bit on Twitter, but when, when we were looking for a March Madness team to root for and started interacting with more West Virginia fans, it was like, you know, these guys are 2000 miles away, but they're a lot like us in, in a no lot doubt. of ways. Yep. Um, and so I, th- I think it's a great fit. And like, you know, we joke about it's all West Texas, but I do think there are, cultural similarities even though we're time zones apart you know and you talked about it with the the college towns example but you go to Ames Iowa Morgantown West Virginia Lubbock Texas Stillwater Oklahoma you're going to find a lot of the same types of people with the same passion for their respective school their state their region whatever it may be and so I know y'all are still hop skipping a jump away from uh, the I-35 corridor where you know the center of the conference is but I still think it's a good fit culture-wise, and love having West Virginia in the conference. I hope that we can kind of continue to build around West Virginia and add those Louisville, Virginia Tech-type schools, you know, maybe a decade from now and 
Uh, I, I think it's a really good fit now, and I, I didn't think that a few years ago. But um, we love having West Virginia in the Big 12, and I'm excited to hopefully continue growing rivalries uh, as we get yep. further and further into this. You all have a place to stay in Morgantown. Got a nice setup here. We can do a live show here. You're welcome anytime. And, and I think also to, to piggyback Kyle on on what you said, the two schools that are leaving, I think has united the league to another level because everything was always about them getting their approval. And now they just, I mean, went behind everybody else's back for more money. I mean, that's, they did what they had to do. Good for them. They're out. I mean, I think that the, the league is more united than ever. And I think it's going to be a better league going forward without those two personally. It's yeah, cool to see how in two years, like the conference went from this dying conference after mm -hmm. Texas and Oklahoma went behind our backs. But um, just with the immediate add-in of the four new schools and then now trying to go out west and east, like I I'm excited for the Big 12's future. I think they're that third conference that can outlast the ACC and Pac-12. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Ethan, Ryan, Rush, if you guys want to tell you. the people where to find you, um, we can uh, wrap this thing up. Ryan and Rush Show, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube especially, trying to get to that, as you guys probably are too, that nice thousand subscriber mark so we can uh, be eligible for monetization. We're slowly getting there. Actually, I, we, we've definitely ramped back up recently, so please, any subscri uh, subscribe means the world to us. Um, Ethan, where can where can everyone in Dan Dockage find you? <laughs> That's Dan Dockage. You can find my Twitter at EthanDock <laughs> underscore. Um, I, I tweet a lot of stupid stuff. I just have fun on there, and but I also try to provide great content for the basketball team at West Virginia. So I have fun doing it. And you can also find us on the College Experience part of the Sports Gambling yeah. Podcast Network, where there's going to be a new show launching here in about three weeks where the gambling gauchos will be future guests on and Ethan box. So uh, stay tuned, follow us on Twitter for updates. It's going to be, it's like I said, big 12 is the future is bright. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you all for joining us. I wish we could play country roads on the way out, but YouTube will <laughs> slap us with a copyright infringement. Yep. So. We could all I just can... sing it. Country roads. <laughs> Take me Take home me in my home. nice Ryan Reynolds voice to, to the place. <laughs> I along. West Virginia. Mount All right, you guys. See you guys. Have Thanks a good so. one. Thank you. Thank you.